Yes, indeed. Mike check. One, two, one, two. Back at it. Good as a good as it ever was. Once again, it's on and all that good stuff. War on Anchor. War Media brings to you the Running with War show. I'm Kyle Means. Joshua M. Hicks alongside me, as well as Drew Stevens. We are bringing you the triangle offense as only we can. But we're going to bring in our big man as well, our guest for the uh, for the evening, Steve Parham, head coach at Julian. We'll make it a nice little foursome uh, in a few minutes. But uh, we're doing a quick run here, a really quick run. This is uh, more of a post-game show as much as anything coming right out of the Bulls game. Uh, a disappointing loss, 127-120 um, on, in overtime up in Toronto. But uh, we're going to talk about that. Uh, you know, uh, T, we got a, a, a new survey post that we did on our uh, – our, uh, God, I keep forgetting that platform. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you, Drew. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, all of, we all we all we got something up there uh, new for y'all that, that we just put up today that uh, sort of goes deep into our thoughts on the Bulls and stuff recently. But you know, in keeping the context of just this game, guys, you know, the the team just we we as we know from the past month they have you know for various reasons a hard time of keeping teams can keeping opponents contained. They seem to have a hard time against certain teams, these sort of mid-level teams or these these sort of rising teams like Orlando and Toronto. Toronto really does have a lot of uh, talent on this team. They're just not the same team that they were a couple years ago when they was winning championships and stuff. But, you know, they have an all-star over there in, in Fred Van Vliet announced today along with uh, – you know, along with Zach Levine and the rest of the East, another thing we're gonna get into in a minute. But uh, you know, Scotty Barnes with the big tip in late in uh late in the game. Uh you know, the 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 Bulls just living dangerously as as typical in recent games. And you know, they if it wasn't for uh a Van a Van Vliet turnover and them playing a little pity pat. At the end of regulation, and uh, you know, ball bouncing their way. Uh, fortunately, uh, you know, with uh, with Big Vooch, you know, probably, you know, part of part of probably his best game as a bull. Yet, uh, you know, it they wouldn't even have got to overtime, but they they got there. They didn't really show up in the extra period, and they uh, take the L. Uh, now they're thirty-two and nineteen on the year. Uh, we look up, bring up this uh, Casey tweet I just saw. Uh, my computer. Uh, no, but anyway, uh, you know Casey Johnson tweeted about them being percentage points separating them in Miami. Now we know things have gotten tighter in that East, atop the East Conference. They not getting any looser anytime soon, but uh. No, I'll just give it to y'all, man. You know, what what are your thoughts on this game and you know what it says about the bigger picture right now with the Bulls and you know they're uh, competing overall in the East. 
I think you you hit the nail on the head, man. Without Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso and Derrick Jones Jr., it's just living dangerously, living on the edge, living shot to shot, living and dying basically with DeRozan and Levine. It's just the way it's going to have to be for these next two months. We can't expect them to really lock down any opponents. They're going to keep giving up a tremendous amount of points in the paint because they can't stop dribble penetration. Um, we're going to keep seeing them give up a lot of three-point attempts. Uh, I don't think the Raptors shot particularly well tonight. I got to check that. But, you know, two things are generally going to happen when you, you can't stop the ball out on the perimeter. Either you're going to give up something in the paint or the guard or the forward that's driving is going to kick out to the wing for a three. So I think that's that's just something that we're going to continue to see in, until, you know, those two guys get back. You know, I, I would love to say that uh, Levine and DeRozan, Kobe White, Javante Green could try to supplement what it what Ayo DeSumo brings out there on, on the perimeter, being able to slither around screens and, and stay uh, attached to guys on the perimeter on screen and rolls. But I, they just – I don't they, – they just can't do it on a consistent basis. I think we've seen DeRozan, Levine in particular, play a little bit better defense. But I think that's come in tandem with – Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso being out there. Like, it's a different type of energy, different type of, of um, like, want to, it seems, when, when those guys are on the court. So it's just the way it's going to go. It's going to be nice like this. Honestly, with with the amount of off- offensive rebounds they gave up tonight, I'm surprised they even were in this game. I think that's, that's due in a large part to Vucevic, who, like you said, had one of his better games as a bull. Um I kind of watched this game off and on, and I was looking at the the shot attempts. Like into the third quarter, it looked like uh, DeRozan and Levine only had like a, something like eleven shot attempts between between the two. So I don't know if if the um, Raptors were making a concerted effort to get the ball out of their hands or what. Maybe you guys can speak to that. But um, they've they've played the Bulls tough now um, three times yeah. and almost stole a game from the Bulls earlier in the season when they got a kind of hot potato wish with the ball um, late in that first contest um, in Toronto. I get Josh back off. I don't know if I hit something or what. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm, uh, you mentioned some stats. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm got some stats up, some key stats from this one. Um, you talk about shooting, Drew. Uh, Toronto shot 42.5%. Overall, uh, and 38.9 from three. They put up 36 threes, hit 14. Uh, the Bulls actually, you know, shot, you know, shot better in both of those categories as well as free throws. Bulls shot 47.8 uh, from overall and 41.4 from three, 12 of 19, 12 of 29, excuse me. And, uh, you know, made all but two uh, free throws that they attempted. They attempted 24, made 22. Uh, rebounds not so bad, fifty-eight to fifty-one. They were uh, Bulls were outdone by the by Toronto, but like you said, drew offensive rebounds twenty-two to ten in favor of Toronto. Uh, both teams passed well, thirty assists each. Uh, Bulls had a little turnover disadvantage, seventeen to twelve, and points in the paint. 
Uh, Bulls got 54 for themselves, but they allowed 62. So that's, again, a problem there when, like Drew said, they're, they're not allowing a team like Toronto. They're not keeping them out of the of the paint, whether it is off the dribble or, you know, just, uh, you know, from post-ups or whatever. They Teams know they can they can beat the Bulls inside and, and make them pay and get extra uh, attempts at, you know, like with the offensive board. So, you know, that's – that's a way that a, a young, hungry team like Toronto is going to get in and uh, keep up with you and yeah. make a game. Yeah, this bull, I think we, we spoke to this um, one of our last – had to be last week um, when we had our running. Teams are getting up for the Bulls. They they hear the chatter about the Bulls are back and, you know, all this, that, and the third. Man, they, they get up to play the Bulls, you know. The, the Bulls yeah. are, are, are the hunted now. Um and I think, you know, for the most part, they've, you know, obviously with their record, they've done decent um, kind of having that attached to them, that label attached to them. But I still would like them to, like to see them, especially when teams like Toronto, these these versatile long teams get after them on a perimeter with, with traps and different things, just be able to handle that that pressure a little bit better. They, they kind of get real frenetic. Even um, Zach Levine sometimes, he still – Obviously, is growing and developing. I like to see him take another step in that direction in terms of the decision making late in games or when teams are, you know, sending two at him uh, and having him make better decisions with the ball. Uh, hopefully, you know, he can learn more from Demar Derozan because Demar is the one guy uh, who I feel most confident with the ball in his hands in those type of situations. Yeah, we are uh, going back to our, our post that we put up today on Substack. You know, uh, we led we led it off. You know, asking y'all about where you think the Bulls are going to finish, uh, where you feel safe saying that they're going to finish in the East going into the playoffs. We we all confident that they're going to make the playoffs, but where are they going to be? And you know, I was I ended up being the most confident. I said they'd be in the top two. I'm not wavering off that yet but tonight didn't do much for my confidence uh i know the rest of you guys you know including our guy sean who says the defense looks leakier than the 87 cutlass is on <laughs> um you know y'all what's y'all saying all you know you y'all chris and sean all got them in that four or five range i even saw six or two there you know i mean is that how you guys still feel right now? No, I know we did that a week or two ago, but you know, I, 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 nobody, nobody adjusted their answers. So I guess that's how y'all feel still. Yeah, I mean, you have to counts of Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso are obviously going to play an effect in how this team defensively rolls out. And luckily, throughout all the injuries and. COVID protocols that the Bulls went through. This is even the testimony for them to even be in the top spot or top two spot in the East. Um, but how long can you keep that afloat? Because especially now that you know that Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso and Derrick Jones Jr. are out six to eight weeks each. Um, those are all vital components of what you're of your anchoring defense and in some ways your offensive anchoring. Um, it's it's Keep it up right now. It's about one of the biggest things that I was that I meant last week that kind of gave me a little bit of worry 
not a lot, but a little bit of worry with the Bulls and 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 how they play against these type of teams, um, where they are talented and they can compete. But this should been this should this is the type of team that they should have won. They should have won these type of games. They've lost they've they've lost to the Orlando Magic's. They've lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder's. They've lost to the Toronto Raptors in ways where they gave up. You know, especially if they had big leads and they give up those leads and those. Uh, below 500 teams or 500 teams took over those games and won. Those are games that the Bulls should have won, especially fully healthy. Um, considering that's not the case, obviously you got to give them some leeway with that. But the Bulls are far more talented and coachable to to a point where from a, that they should be able to win those games, and they haven't. So considering that there's going to be more of those games coming down the line, you're just trying to break, and you got six or eight, you got, you got a couple weeks. I think the Bulls will still finish top four for sure, but are they going to say top two? I don't know. I, I really don't know as of yet. I'm, I, I believe they can, but it's not a definitive answer for me. Yeah, a lot's going to depend on how the how the guys come back, like primarily Alex and, and Lonzo, and can they get back in the swing of things that, that we're used to seeing them, you know, how quickly they can do that. And because, um, you know, like you guys said, the, the schedule isn't getting any easier. We can't even take really for granted them playing against teams like Toronto and Orlando anymore. You know, uh, it really there are hardly any off nights in the East anyway. You know, the West actually got a few, but the East up and down, you know, you got tough teams pretty much every night. Especially when you on the road, well, but uh, we got uh Luis Padilla showing us some love. Shout out to you, man! Yeah. If they stop that buzzer beating beater from happening, or just stop them on the, yeah, and it, it, a lot of it comes down to individual stops, individual possessions where, you know, they not for some reason they don't have the the effort, the same effort that we've seen from them in the first third or so of the season that you know the, the that type of efforts the type of uh stops that they built themselves on to you know when they were like one of the best defenses in the league for the first couple of months of the year when they were fueled by Caruso and Ball and um you know and you know Javante and, and all that but you know we we got to see more from the from the guys that are here now if they're going to be able to weather the storm, you know, without their best def- best on-ball defenders. Yeah, and that goes back to finishing those defensive possessions with the rebound. You got to get the rebound. You got to close mm-hmm. out those, those possessions, man. Giving up that many offensive rebounds led to Toronto taking something like, I don't know, uh, what was it, 20 more shots at least in the Bulls in this game? That's 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 a big yeah. difference. Um, that, last, uh, that last three – uh, that Trent hit, and you you gotta you gotta get out and get to him. I'm not I don't remember exactly what happened on that play, but I just remember Vucevic and I think it was the sumo looking at each other, um, kind of wondering what the other was doing. I'm not sure if there was miscommunication on that or what the miscommunication was, but man, that's that's Trent Jr. Like that dude has been balling um, for a while now, and and damn near stole a, a victory for the Raptors. Uh, a few games ago in Chicago. So I don't, I don't know what happened on that play. I sometimes go back and, and look at, but like speaking to the effort or just something just missing. Um, like 
uh, Luis Padilla said, like just little things, man, little things. The game is – their margin for error is so so much slimmer now that they can't afford to miss out on those, those hustle plays. Yeah, and the crazy yeah. part about that too is like I think when you, when you talk about – how he played tonight. He's a rookie. He's still a rookie in the league, and he's still navigating and finding his way. We saw some of those mistakes tonight. Yeah. You talked about the defensive play. You let's not talk. Let's not forget about the fact of how they made that defensive stop, and he threw the ball right away uh, back to the back to the yeah that, outside that, that, that bad that, outlet yeah that bad outlet to Zach Levine. Like these are all growing mm-hmm. pains that he's going to eventually go that he has to go through to develop more than he already is. And we have to be cognizant of that, right? And the fact that obviously the story is great. Second, second round pick, who's a first round talent, comes back home, plays for the Bulls, t- hometown Bulls team, and shows the world that he has a chance to not just make himself a, to be a good caliber uh, player in his league, but potentially a star. And right now, as of right now, has a lot better uh, shooting percentages than a lot of the rookies, and is making a case for rookie of the year. He's playing in the Rising Stars League uh, uh, contest this uh, this. His upcoming All Star Weekend, so he's already yeah. done a lot more than probably a lot of people even expected of him. And the fact that he's played to that level, caliber of play, and he's playing in crunch time minutes every single night on so Alonzo Ball, yeah, he, that's huge for him. But and it's great experience for him. But he still has some areas to learn as well. And this is one of those moments where he's gonna have he's gonna have to look at that tape and take in that growing pain. And learn from it, and grow, and practice. Continue to practice on that, and work on that on a day to day basis. Because as a, as a prime, it, it just showed tonight that even though we love Io, we love what he brings. At the end of the day, he's still a rookie. This is still his first year in the league, and moments like that are bound to happen. And we just experienced some of that growing pain tonight. Yeah, yeah. This is, oh, go ahead, Drew. No, just just real quick, you you definitely right. Um, Josh, and it just speaks to the position that the Bulls are in. They can't afford for him to be off the floor because he's their best perimeter defender right now. You know, if if, if uh, Caruso and Ball were there, he'd be coming off the bench. He wouldn't be getting these minutes um, theoretically. So yeah. they just in a tough spot right now. And they, I wonder if there's anything Donovan can do um, scheme wise to try to tailor the defense specifically to, um, you know what they have to work around with those two guys not being in the lineup for the next um, several weeks. Um, I don't know if they need to like gang rebound, like forget necessarily running out in transition. We, we need to secure these defensive possessions. So we're not allowing teams to bang us out on the offensive glass. I don't know. Donovan's a smarter man than I am. He's forgotten more than I ever, ever learned, but um, there's gotta be something, something that can happen. On that side of the ball, I mean that, that's the that's one big thing with the Bulls. You know, I think we can feel confident and that they're in the right hands, coaching wise and you know organizationally. Uh, you know, but there's not much that they can really do right now. The trade deadline is a week away, but you know how much you know because of what the team has locked up with salary and you know, where it's locked up and, you know, who's available right now at the moment, you know, you, you can't really bet too much on reinforcements coming. And, you know, you, you in, you're in that situation where, you know, how much how much do you want to gamble on, uh, a, you know, an outside figure 
you know, uh, reinvigorating the team when you, you you already redid the the roster so much in last summer. How much more change can you impact on the roster in the immediate future, and and at what price? Because you're looking at a team that the window is just open. You know, with you know, ideally the window is just open. You don't want to gamble and and risk it being shut after this season just because you were impatient. So, you know, I'm, I'm sort of using that to lead into this part of the discussion. That's another thing that we sort of went into in the survey on Substack. Like, you know, what trade if or move or 10-day contract, if, if any, could be made to steal this team over for at least the next six to eight weeks? So we <laughs> – we we've um we we've talked about this a little bit and we we know the price like we know Derrick Jones Jr. has probably played his last game as a bull because that expiring contract um is extremely valuable and that's probably the reason why a, a big part of the reason why kind of service took took him instead of um Mans Jr. in the deal that sent uh Markin into Cleveland and um, that whole three team trade. But in addition to Jones Jr., if we're talking about going big game hunting and looking at somebody like Jeremy Grant, then we already know it's going to cost Patrick Williams. Williams is going to be the big ticket guy if we're going to get another big ticket guy. Um, I've been back and forth on this. When Alex, when Caruso and Ball went down, I thought that maybe it wasn't worth it as much to – go out there and, and make a trade like that just because of the uncertainty specifically with Caruso because it's six to eight weeks before he'll be reevaluated, not six to eight weeks that he's going to be back on the floor. So we don't need to know the point. We don't know what, what's going to happen there. If they, if they choose not to trade Patrick Williams, that doesn't, that doesn't even guarantee that he'll be back on the floor this season um, because they haven't, they, I think um, in his comments, maybe like two or three weeks ago, AK, you know, made it clear that he wasn't going to rush him back. And he only played, what, five games before he got hurt, something like that. So he's going to have to readjust, get his win, get his conditioning, fit into the team all over again. And I, I just don't – I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't know what I would do if I was in that position. I, I definitely feel like the window is open um, for them to possibly, you know – make themselves more of a contender, more legitimate. But with the comments that we're hearing from uh, Jeremy Grant's camp about him wanting to stay in an offense where he can be the primary option, yeah, that doesn't sound at all like he wants to be here. Uh, it feels almost similar to the Carmelo Anthony deal where we thought, you know, man, this guy could come over here and be such a huge piece for this team. But I guess in that case, you could say it was more of a money thing. Um, in this case, it's more of a uh, of a role, and I don't know. Um, you know, the smaller names out there too. I just don't know what we would give up to get them. You know, Sean is mentioning mentioning uh, Schroeder. Uh, yeah, that's come up. Yeah. Covington's come up. Um, what's my man's name? Uh, Tory Craig. You know, so marginal moves can make a difference too. I don't know about Millsap. Um, I felt better about him before I've seen him play this season. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. If that, I don't know if that's because of the. What he and and he, he the one probably the most excited to come here too. He's like, yeah. oh, 
Let me let me see if I can get my Mitch Richmond ring. Man. Right. <laughs> I guess I would feel more comfortable with him. Possibly, I, I don't know. I, I I don't think he would come here as a starter. I would hope not to take the starting force, but but I would feel more comfortable with him backing up Vooch than maybe Bradley. Probably yeah. could I think could. Yeah. Man. I don't know. I, I I I said in the post, man. I think my my number one target would be Covington. Yeah, because I think he gives you a flexibility and uh, ability to defend on the three and the four, and and even a small five maybe. But it, the bull, but that has been you know Sean has mentioned mentioned in the comments too. Play, we've been playing small ball all year, but it'd be a little better than playing small ball with Jones. You know, uh, yeah, I, I that's probably the most of, most realistic thing I could think of. Anything. Bigger than that would probably have to be done in the offseason or next season or something. That's again, that's why I'm like, man, I hate to think this way, but it's like, you know, we do we have to win this year? I mean, we let's <laughs> just, just ride it out, man, to see what they what's what they can max out this year and then reevaluate. We got a real front office now, so you know, it's not like you just got to, you know, you know, uh. Uh, you know, you now you got to bust your nut, you know, for lack of a better term, this year. It <laughs> <laughs> just, you know, go all out, and, you know, try to, you know, that that's that, that's what the, the some of the brothers are saying now. You, you keep it in, you know. I'm, I don't know that y'all been seeing them headlines, but that's, that's a whole other conversation. You, you know, you're making a, you're making a lot of sense. Hold it in, is what I'm, I'm saying. Yeah, you're making a lot of sense. I'm just, I'm stuck because I, I don't. It's, it's that it's that catch twenty two man. I don't I don't know if he can catch lightning in the bottle with the way the Rosen has played this year. That yeah, that, and, that may be true. Vucevic, who knows what we'll get from him? Zach is going to get some kind of bag this offseason. and I don't know how that's. I'm not a financial guy, so I don't know how that's going to impact what they can do in free agency. Um, I'm still a Harrison Barnes dude, man. I just don't want to give up Patrick Williams to get him. I'd rather give up if we were going to give up Patrick Williams. I'd rather it be for Jeremy Grant. I don't want to sure. get Rob Williams for for Harrison Barnes, but that dude sure. would just man, he would make that offense so much better, man. He would put Javante Green and and um, I would say Jones Jr., but he would he would probably be gone. He would put guys in in the position or the 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 spot on the team they were supposed to be in from day one. Um, I know his numbers have come down a little bit, but this dude is still a forty percent three point shooter. He's a veteran. Not the best defender, definitely not as as versatile or as good of a defender as um, Grant, but he's he's still you know competent, um, can move the ball, does everything well. Not one thing great, one of those type of guys. Um, that that still would be like my dream scenario. I just don't want to give up. I don't. I wouldn't want to give up Patrick Williams to to make that happen. Let me ask you guys this: Do you think? We, a lot of talk about Patrick Williams' potential. How confident are you that he can get to where Harrison Barnes is or where Jeremy Grant is? Do you think he has that type of ceiling? I don't know if he'll get to be where Jeremy is at any point, but I, I like the idea of him in the right group with with the Bulls being our four. I think I could picture him with us with a certain group of, of bulls where he could be our starting four and be 
athletic and young and play the type of, you know, full court ball that we want to play under Donovan and just be, be the, be a good solid guy for years to come. I just got to see, got to see a little more of them, but you know, if, if to trade them now would be, I think buying, uh, unless you get something way out, way, way, you know, <laughs> unless they could really fleece someone out there, I, I think you're buying low on him. You know, wherever you put them, wherever you trade them this year. Yeah, I'm more of a, a Robert Covington type of guy. Um, I was, you know, I wrote that in the post saying that if they had to make a trade for somebody big, it would be for, I think it would go for Robert Covington just from a versatility perspective. And, yeah, Sean mentioned uh, the small ball that we've been playing all year all year round. But it really comes in handy, especially nowadays in the half-court offense and during in the playoffs when the game slows down. A lot of teams have been moving towards the small ball lineups in, uh, later in games. Um, able to bring in a Covington that can fit, especially in that four position, especially if you don't get Patrick uh, Williams coming back. I think that would be an ideal look for the Bulls to ex- to exploit without having to give up too much. Um, yeah. But I've honestly been a guy, too, who's been like, you know what, keep the team the way that it is. Don't worry about trading anybody. And look into the buyout market. See what might be available yeah. in the buyout market, to, for especially when you're talking about the big man's perspective. I know Drew has his feelings about Paul Millsap, but if you're talking about you know <laughs> Paul Millsap being bought out and you asking him to play – maybe 15, 20 minutes max a game, and to back up, like I said, Vooch, or at least play alongside of that four position next to Vooch, I mean, why not? I mean, he gives you a veteran presence. He can still do a little damage in the paint, and he's smart, and that, and that savviness of the, of that locker room culture, and, and the fact that he does have that connection with Arturis Karnicevis, um, mm-hmm. and having that relationship, I think that can help cultivate more of what the Bulls are looking for, especially in that second unit. From a big man perspective, which is an actual need for us, we need depth in that big man department. I would help with that role and be the biggest move, but that marginalized move, that small little move, could be the move that can actually help take the Bulls to the next level. Especially since you're talking about a guy that has playoff experience, has made has made deep playoff runs before, worked in winning cultures, you know, coming from the Denver Nuggets and what he what they've done over there. You know, there's a chance that he can help take this Bulls to the next level in the most littlest forms possible. So I think, if anything, forget trying to make trades this year. You may have to look into a buyout market and see what yeah. you can get in the buyout market to help to help enhance this Bulls team for a high-risk, low-reward type of type of scenario. Ain't nothing no wrong with a little bargain shopping, a little stop at Ross or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's, I mean, that's, I think, I really think that's in the best position they're in. Like, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't want Acme to, uh, again, in the name of trying to compete this year, even though there is a chance this year to do something special, you risk, you risk the chance of overextending the Bulls financially or restricting them in a way for the, in the near future, you know, giving, I don't want to give up any of the little bit of draft capital that they was able to retain coming into this year or, you know, bring in a high, you know, uh, a, a person with guaranteed money uh, coming out the, out the ass for another few years, just, you know, just b- because we may have them in there 
you know, they they may have a, a year or two more or uh, put to, uh, you know, a star playing them as opposed to some of the guys that we have now. Like, I, I wouldn't necessarily want to do that unless it's really just a knockout guy who you know is going to be an all-star. And there's really nobody like that available who's going to be available for the Bulls uh, this year. So, I, I like I said, just roll the dice, man, and, you know, I, uh, really a, do more, be aggressive, and you know, which is something I don't think you really have to tell Acme, or, you know, AK in particular, <laughs> you know, but be aggressive on that buyout market on because that's something that winning teams often do. They they pick up they pick up people who uh, who lesser teams don't max out the potential of, you know, lesser teams. You know they have they have a good they may have a veteran they may get on the veterans' nerves or something and and they you know and and they rabble rouse and they get themselves you know that's something we see with Boogie Cousins every other year like they get themselves kicked off of the team that they own now and then they get on a better team and they act right and they you know and they can and they contribute and compete you know the Bulls are in a position now where they don't have to be that team that frustrates someone and has to let go of talent. Now they could actually be the, uh, the, the team that, you know, makes good use of that underutilized talent elsewhere. Yeah, exactly. Cause the, the buyout guys usually are trying to go to teams that actually give them a, a way better chance of winning. So it's just nice from that standpoint for the Bulls to even be in that conversation for once. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you're right, Slinky. I hope you said that's how you said it. <laughs> the Raptors won. The Dragons said, yeah, he's yeah, yeah, I'm sure, yeah. Anyway, uh, like I said, we ain't going to do too much more on this episode. I was hoping that Steve uh, Parham would come through, but I'm not sure he's going to be able to do that. We was going to talk a little bit about the uh, the big high school games that are happening this weekend, but uh, if y'all don't know, there's two games on – uh, Saturday the fifth, uh, the Don the Homecoming game is going to be at over at USC and uh, Sierra Canyon with Bronny James uh, and uh, and Amari Bailey is going to be playing over at a uh, Wintrust Arena. And um, you know, right quick, I, what do you what do you got? We we couldn't get in either game, I guess. You know, on the on the uh, on the pass tip, on the uh, credential tip. So I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll see who among us is going to be able to get into either of those games. But I, what do you guys think about having two events like that in the city on the same day? Too much. Too much. <laughs> like, because you, cause you know you want to attend both. So it's like, if you're going to do something like that and have one like in the earlier afternoon and then one being the evening prime time thing, you know, give us a chance to attend one event and then make our way to the other event. You know, like give us a chance to make the make those maneuvers. They was they doing they was doing too much with that. Now I gotta pick and choose which one is much should should we should be able to get uh cover more than the other when you really shouldn't have to be that way. Especially since location wise, they're only what 10, 15 minutes from each other. Yeah, they're like, pretty close. Like, come on now. You should I think they should they should have if they're gonna do it on the same day, do it at different times where at least convenient for multiple parties to attend both events. That's just my thing. But you, you know what? You know Kanye, though, uh, with the Kanye event, they they like to limit as many people as possible. So they have to have instructions. I, I heard you got to wear all black 
to get yeah. into that game. So you got to get a fit off and, and, and have it be all black to get into the Donda game. You being serious? I, I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm That's not surprising, though. Like you said, it's always got to be something. Yeah. That, um, yeah. I, I'm, I'm with Josh, though. You wish it was separated a little bit, but it's a good problem to have. It's a good problem to have. Yeah, we we talked about it uh, in past weeks. It's it's a chance to showcase uh, talent here in the city and stuff. And, and ironically enough, uh, the it's gonna be actually probably more suburban talent showcased in the Sierra Canyon game and in the game, the Donda game. The Donda game actually is gonna it's gonna be like in wrestling when they have the lights out matches and they have to shut the lights out in the arena and then it's like. The mat, the mat, the last match of the night doesn't count, you know, because it's not under, <laughs> it's not under the state rules or something. Like the Donda game is, is they're playing, they're playing some other. Have y'all, have y'all, have you heard of that school that they're playing here, Chicago Prep or some? Like they're both not under the, they're both not under any high school associations, so they're really not playing a legal game or something. But again, it's, it's not surprising. <laughs> but they have they have two games before that are uh i h s a uh you know uh, uh, uh organized and stuff like that so it, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting event i'm i'm it's gonna be a lot i'm sure it's gonna be a lot on social media whether you you can make it there or not and i'm, I'm i hope steve can make it into one of the games we'll, we'll try to talk to him next week about that i don't know about out of any any other any other tidbits y'all got on all these guys? Um, nah. Yeah, I'm. 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 Like I said, I, I think it'll be it'll be some interesting fallout from the game. But but before we go, uh, I guess some real news. Uh, some news has actually happened. I should say already. Uh, the sky made a big trade. Uh, Diamond the Shields is out of the, out of town now. Uh, let me look up. Uh, the details, but apparently they got a nice point guard from the Fever, a three-team deal with the Fever and the Mercury. Uh, they received uh, Julie Alamond from the Fever and the 2023 first-round pick from the Mercury, and uh, they dealt Diamond to the Mercury. And uh, yeah, so the, the Diamond to Shield era comes to the end a little bit disappointingly. You know, she got a title here and stuff, but you know, uh, 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 you know, a lot of people who observed last year would say that, you know, she got a shine taken by by Kalia, you know, and um, it, so it made her expendable. And, and here, here we see she's uh, out the door, and this uh, this new point guard actually didn't play last year. She took off last year, but I you know, uh, like I said, I, I think. There's some good talk about her. I, you know, this would be a good time to have Chris on or something. But we can, we'll have him talk about it in the, on a future show. But um, uh, but and and another thing about this point guard that they got Alamon, uh, the talk is she's likely going to be replacing Vandersloot, who may be out the door. And so a lot is changing right away. I, I said it in the uh, uh, Google's in the Google, uh, Twitter Spaces that we had with Chris and James K. Uh, on Tuesday, you know, championship teams often have a lot of complications that come in in their title runs, and it seems like, you know, the this is going to be the case for the Sky 
you know, they may improve in some ways, but they're going to be a different team. We already know that Steph Dolson is out. She's going to New York. Like, it's going to be a different team uh, from from that, uh, what we came to love last fall. Yeah, you hate to see it, man. You hate to see it. The writing was on the wall, I believe. I'm a, I'm a little bit of a casual, so if I say anything off base, let me know. But the writing was on the wall for the Shields, I believe. But um, Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, yeah. Khalil kind of made up, you know, really made up uh, dis, uh, dispensable, you know. Yeah, and then the whole thing with the, the disrespectful offer that uh, Vanna Slew felt she got from the team. I, I, I want to dig a little deeper into that, man, because – yeah. Why, why well, I mean, you, nobody nobody knows exactly what the offer is. Yeah, and, you know. but why, that's that's you know outside of outside of um, Copper and Parker. Parker's already taken care of, but outside of Copper, that's like that seemed to me the person you got to take care of next. So I, I don't know what's going on there. And then if 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 Sluter's gone, does that also mean that Quigley's out of here too? They, 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 wife, they, 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 they're couples, so maybe that's unbelievable. Man, I, I, would, I, would hate, I would hate for them to lose over anybody, you know. God bless Diamond and Shields. I hope she did that she's able to, um, not resurrect that's probably too strong of a word, but able to flourish, um, yeah. with the country. But man, I would really hate, hate for them to lose Van Sloot, man. Yeah, that's yeah, it's rumored that, um, I think I saw a report. Where it's a strong chance that as long that they they can get Ali and Corey Spanis to come back. That's the most recent report I saw. But it's also rumors that you know the Sky sent a lowball offer to Vandersloot. She didn't like the offer, and it's and because of that, the international team she's playing for now is looking at trying to pull yeah. up the Rossi, mm-hmm. where you know you keep her. Playing over there for the for the, for a longer period of time and prevent her from playing in a double. I don't know how that would go. Um, yeah, but I, they, they probably I, already giving up more money. So right, most just, definitely. Just put a little more on it. Yeah, most, <laughs> most definitely. Um, but that's I think that's the key. I think that was the misconception of the bull. I mean, of the sky that we have to you know acknowledge. Although Copper cleared, you know, rose to stardom, really took over that Diamond to Shields uh, platform um, on top of Candace Parker being Candace Parker. Courtney Vandersloot, in a lot of ways, was the glue and, oh. and made that offense oh, really? So mm-hmm. you can't solidify her. Your offense is not even going to be near as good as it was this past season. And I was, you know, they Alex, they, she can... say what? No bad. I was gonna say, yeah, they nobody, you know, they Wade couldn't take her off the floor. Right. <laughs> that right, was yeah. the yeah. for the last two or three years, no backup point guard. Like they couldn't afford for her to be off the floor. Right. Yeah, and, that, and, that's and the thing. You look at the you look at the the backcourt now, they've got like I said, they got this new girl from the fever. Uh, you know, Sean brings up Lexi Brown, who, you know, should be improving more as a player, be a second year. So uh, coming this year, so yeah, there's a chance they should be deeper in the backcourt, but you still talk about a legend pretty much uh, for this team in in, in Vanderslue. So you know, it, it's not only do you want to hang, do you want to end things with her, but how do you do it? And you know, 
anything, any anytime you you have the word disrespectful come up in a report, you know, some people say maybe the reporter may have been, you know, uh, embellishing a little bit, but you know, I don't know. That's not the type of game I don't think you want to play, especially if you want to be a championship team and a competitive team, and and not have this one year be a fluke, you know. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We got to see how that goes. But if they can salute, which also increases the chances of, in, of of retaining Quigley, I think they'll be in a better state to at least return to the playoffs and maybe do something with the playoffs. But bringing that group back, I think this is the year we have to really watch and see if Kalia Copper can take even to another level. Because that was a conversation of Diamond DeShields this past season. Where we were, where we yeah. saw her, and we were like, "Oh, with her and Candace Parker there now, she should be able to take that next all, no, that next all star type of leap." And the surprise, but uh, Diamond and Rough that blossom, you know, you know, flower that blossom was Kalia Copper. She just took that over. Now that you solidify that she is your main go to moving forward, and you got rid of Diamond the Shield, you're giving Kalia Copper this plat, this bigger platform now. She has to be able to take her game to that next level to maintain what the sky have already done this past season, especially if, you know, things fall off between Courtney Van der Sloop and Agley quickly bringing them back. You already lost Stephanie Dose, which I think is honestly a big loss, a pretty big loss than we from really Chicago Sky team. Um, I, I don't know but how the we should say the sky did bring back, uh, they, they brought in the uh 2019. Uh, finals MVP from they did. Uh, who, yeah, used to play for the Mystics. What, yeah, Washington, Washington Mystics. But no, we talk, we checking that name. <laughs> 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 yeah, but yeah, actually, we, we ain't James and Chris, but we, you can listen, you can listen, you can listen. We said our name on the Twitter space, which is on uh, the war media Twitter available right now. You can listen to it back. Well, we we talked a bit about her on Tuesday, so, but yeah, you know, hey, like I say, a, a former Finals MVP, she's a front court player. Uh, James says, you know, she can she brings a lot to the table as well. So, you know, I I, I definitely I, I'm I'm gonna miss stuff. You know, she was real cool and and really a a, a glue player. Like I said, she she was the she was the girl who the, she was the main draw in the trade. Uh, for Elena, the uh, Elena Deladine, and you know she played, she played with the team back when they was really, you know, in the in the dumps, trying to build itself back up after that trade. Uh, you know, losing the best player in the world at the time, and she, you know, built, you know, helped the team build all the way back up to the title. So I definitely give Steph Dawson a lot of respect. But they may have, they may have improved a little bit, you know, by bringing in this new girl. Yeah, and I and I think another small point that even though she's not in the sky anymore, could be actually beneficial for her is the fact that Diamond and Shields is going to play with Diana Taurasi, Skylar oh, Davis, yeah. Brittany Griner, and potentially Tina Charles. Tina Charles if she goes there too, which is reported that they're they're in a hunt for her, and you okay. know it, it, the mutual you know there's mutual interest there. If that happens, now Diamond and Shields has a chance to even get another ring. Because that is an untoppable, that's a pretty tough tandem, guard and front court. You're talking about Tina Charles offensively to go and defensively, what she brings to the table with Brittany Griner. 
And you already got the Skylar Diggins Smith duo with uh, with Diana Taurasi. Oh yeah. And yeah. if you put Diamond right in the middle of that, I don't know. Like that's that's tough to beat too. And yeah. and I think this and I think this free agency is sending a lot of uh, shockwaves to the world because of the fact that the sky won the way that they did, and the fact yeah. that Cam Parker came out on top. They they it pretty much sent a message to Lee like y'all need to get y'all stuff together. And they're doing that. They try to, they try to dip it in the bud already. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, you're right. You're right, John. Because they, there's been talk about, you know, uh, Brianna Stewart. She signed a one year deal. Uh, you know, she's coming back to Seattle, but there's talk that she may be maneuvering her way on some LeBron type stuff to set herself up to go to New York next year. So yep. you're talking about Brianna Stewart with. Yeah, it was uh, my girl Sabrina uh, in that school? Yeah, Sabrina. Yeah. That's yeah. like you talk about some big threes are trying to set up out here, man. Big twos, big threes in the WNBA. And and, and I'm, I'm 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 giving a lot of props to WNBA, man, because like Tuesday, like I said, when we did the Twitter spaces, they I was I was I gave props to my timeline because that was the same day when the NFL just snapped. And you know, you the, the lawsuit came out that day. Tom mm-hmm. Brady made it retirement official. The bet, you know, uh, the, the Bears was making their coaches, uh, they introduced the coaches on Monday, but it, that was carrying over like the hardball rumors was coming out about like the NFL did all type of crazy stuff, but I was still seeing a lot of WNBA stuff on my timeline, so I was, I was like pleased by my timeline that they was showing the WNBA love like that and that. I, I felt good about who I was following. So, you know, <laughs> but but with all that said, I think the league is doing more to make itself more known outside of when it's outside of the playing season and doing mm-hmm. stuff like the NBA, where the NBA, you know, we all know July 1st. That's, you know, that's one of the, the, the biggest news uh, events of the year now in the, in the NBA. So the WNBA may have February first as this July first that. So you know that could be that could be what we see going forward. But uh yeah, we're gonna leave it at that, man. Uh glad to be able to build with you guys for a nice little quick session here. We're gonna get back to it next week with more of the fellas, more of the runners, and uh talk more about what's going on in uh all the world of basketball. Uh, we got a lot of good stuff coming up. I think some good, some good guests, and uh, you know we gonna we gonna get it in, man. Have some fun. Uh, Drew and Josh always got stuff going on as well. Josh, uh, let everybody know you got a new episode of uh, In the Scope coming out tomorrow. You you had Drew, you had Drew on too. Not enough of you are watching the Drew episode on YouTube. So <laughs> to that, man, you. I see <laughs> y'all commenting and stuff on this one. We appreciate the love, but go go and watch what Josh doing with within the scope, yeah. especially the Drew episode and all the other great interviews. All of them, but uh, all of them. yeah, let 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 you know let them know what the new episode is coming up tomorrow, Josh. Most most definitely, man. Uh, obviously, appreciate the love and support for this episode. You know, I being the undefeated writer, brother line, Michael Fletcher. Uh, come on the show to talk about the blind, this Brian Flores case, what it really means, the racial discrimination, the, the history of it, things that go behind it, and in some ways how it correlates to the NBA. So be on the lookout for that. Be on the lookout oh. for that. 
See how you go. Things to make you go, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Drew, you, Drew, you got anything going on, man? Nah, man. Just just, just, just tweets, man. Just tweets, man. You've been getting a lot of attention with them tweets. Man, yeah. I, I haven't been able to like write like I want to, man. It's been like I, 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 I said, so I got a sheesh. Um, it's been a slow going out the gates in terms of writing, man. So the tweets are kind of saving me right now. I like my lifeline. Man. Hopefully I'll be able to get back to, to get it. Shout out to Ashish too, man. He going to get on the show soon. He got he got the new gig over at Heavy. You know, yeah. to him on that. Yeah. You no, know, we got people, you know, a lot of our people shine. Shout out to School B. School got B. The Spotify flip. You know, he, you know, he's staking after the money, man. So, <laughs> He said, they said that Joe Rogan money drying up. He scoop like we get up in there, man. So, you know, <laughs> we gonna have to follow Scoop on that, man. He gonna be on the show too uh, soon. Yeah. As well. yeah. First but, time uh, I seen, first time I seen bro come out with the hit, hit the Twitter timeline with the with the Lisa Ann joints. I was like, okay, all right. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, he, he, he out there. Yeah, right. <laughs> I I I I ain't gonna get out get man business out there, but you know they say at least saying you know dude school got some connections, you know. Right. If you if you know, you know. Yeah, it might be yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> but that's it. You know what's up with me, man. Uh, Regal, uh, War Media, Regal, however you want to call it, Regal Radio. We are Regal Radio. Uh, we've been doing it for years, and we keep on doing it. And uh, yeah, we got a. Uh, you know, if you if you follow us today, commented and everything, spread the word, show show love to us out here. We'll show it right back, man. We appreciate everyone who pays attention to what we do. And uh, you know, appreciates what we do, and uh, we gonna keep bringing more of it to y'all week after week, month after month, and the year and uh, time to come, cause we don't know we don't know nothing else, man. We just gonna just go keep it going, man. And uh, that's it though for now, man. This is running with war. Kyle Means, Drew Stevens, Josh Hicks. As always, keep bouncing.